Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm your host, Edie Quinn, and I've got a very exciting conversation for you yet again today. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to remind y'all that you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash human machine. If you love the show and want to show some support, you can sign up there for $3 and read zines, comics, get music sneak peeks, and all kinds of other cool stuff. That's patreon.com slash human machine. Now, I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing 808s and Smoke Breaks by Middling, featuring my pal Tim Braden on drums and, as it turns out, bass. I had a great time chatting with Tim about the logistics of playing music one way live and recording it a different way. Check it out. Let your wealth and kingdom engulf. But still filled with red sky It's so goddamn hard to please you. one of the earliest things I remember is being like like I suppose like I think like four or five my dad used to like drive me around in his truck and play like various like songs he liked and like <clears throat> it was nine times out of ten it was just like the Ride the Lightning album by Metallica oh nice <laughs> yeah so like that's like a pretty strong early memory I have that's awesome is there like is there a favorite track from that then? Like, I'm assuming you're still into it, like being a fan of heavy music. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for a long time, I was just like a Metallica nerd. Um, yeah, probably like, um, I don't know, like Trapped Under Ice or like, uh, uh, yeah, I'll probably just go with that. Yeah. But it, it's not because that's one you like. Is that be? Is it because of that's one you like honed in on when you're a kid, or can't really remember? Just remember that in general. Um, I'm not sure, but I do have like really fond memories of that song, so I want to go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Metallica is like a huge thing for me as a kid because I don't know. That's like something my dad and I bonded over pretty heavily yeah um not to like make you date yourself if that's if if that's you know something you don't want to do but like where where were we at in the timeline of metallica like when this was happening to where you're you're jamming like you know that album as opposed to perhaps like one of the later albums and was that because like is your dad sort of like me maybe where it's like i don't listen to anything after the black album or like whatever um i i think like 
Well, that was probably that was like before Death Magnetic and like probably around like Saint Anger or something. Oh, okay. I was listening to that a lot because I don't know my my dad's like heavy on the Black Album and like that was always his favorite. It's not my favorite, but that was always his. And uh, I don't know. He always just had like uh, like Garage Days and like Ride the Lightning, Kill 'Em All, and like Injustice for All on CD in his truck. So like odds are, if there was something playing, it was one of those. Mm-hmm. yeah that's wild like um i was already listening to like punk music and stuff but like i remember <clears throat> when i heard metallica it was when <laughs> this is dating myself a little bit but you know what it's all kind of out there anyway uh is uh when there was a write-up in thrasher for um uh, master of puppets oh and like I was just like a little kid. I was like into skateboarding, and I was like li- listening to whatever kind of music me and my cousin could get a hold of, and uh, we we saw this, and we were like, you know, like we had to check that out. Like look at that album cover, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and then that's like some of the, like, I realize now that like based on other stuff we were listening to at the time, like that couldn't have necessarily been the case, but that was like the first time I remember like, damn music can be like faster than I yeah. like have known, you know? And, uh, so that was a, that was a big one for me. And like another big one was actually suicidal tendencies because like, and this comes to mind immediately. Cause I'm like, doing like a short comic about it which is like because i was like you know like sort of like a little depressed like teen or preteen you know like mm-hmm. it was preteen but um and like i was like wait like this this band is like like this guy is like all like depressed and stuff but he's like pissed about it and i thought yeah. that was like super helpful you know, to realize that there was like one more than one way to like uh, feel about the, the the things that you you know were going through. You know, and so yeah. It was like, I was really, I was really like, hell yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so like you've, I mean, there's not really a, you know, a lot of people. It's like, oh yeah, my parents listened to like, you know, this or that, like, which is more like radio rock or or even Mm -hmm. pop you know or whatever and then later they get into the heavy stuff like via friends or whatever but you were just sort of there from the jump so like was it since you know since you do drums in the band like Mm -hmm. was it drums that first caught like was that was Lars like drumming like oh like was that a focal point or is it just like overall um I think, like, overall, but I don't know. I really was into Lars for... Although, like, all my friends, like, heckled me for it, I, I still, like, think Lars isn't that bad of a drummer, <laughs> but... Yeah, no, uh, it's, like, it. it's weird because, like, you know, the thing about... And, like, I only, even though it's, like, several years old now, I only just recently watched Some Kind of Monster and, mm-hmm. like, how they sort of are, like, giving him shit because the stuff he plays is not making any fucking sense. Like, that's the... Thing about him that I found most interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, even if it is like just part of his own ego, like 
like he's actually getting in the way of some of the songs by doing things that don't that there's other things that would have fit better you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it's still it's interesting no matter whether you think like he should have just played this or not you know right right and so that is that also what you were like drawn particularly to to Lars drumming for was like what why would why would you do that yeah 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 i kind of i think so and like i i know like everyone also hates the like the snare sound on saint anger but like i actually really like it i'm like really drawn to like 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 the pingy snares or like and like piccolo snares that like although i don't use them very often but i think they're super cool like i don't know if like in early like myspace like deathcore stuff it was like kind of like super pingy snare drums so when i i don't i don't understand why everyone hates on the saint anger snare i think that's all super dope but yeah i think lars definitely had like some sort of impact on that on me like getting more into drumming the thing about like those types of snares like is like especially when the guitar players are trying to like turn their amps up like ungodly loud like that snare will cut through yeah you know and like that's the thing like when you go to see a band like where i mean i'm not going to name names like there's plenty of bands everybody's seen like their fair share of bands like this but when you go mm-hmm. to see a band and like literally all you can hear is the guitars and the ride cymbal going ting 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 you know like yeah that snare will cut through just like that ride exactly and And i think like in heavier music like snare like snare drums should pop like they should be like heard like and not like like uh, like drown in the mix yeah i mean it's not like it's like i'm you know i'm never like like comer gale is never gonna get that like loudest band award you know like we Mm -hmm. that's not what we do like we're like like I mean, still sometimes you show up and and a sound person will tell you to turn down and you're like, what, what? Because that's a whole other thing. But like we're, we are the band where we're like, the guitars are too loud, like, and we'll turn them down, you know, not just like, I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I played in other bands like where, you know, people were like turning the guitars up and it felt right in that case. But, you know, um, my point is like, I don't, we don't need that. We don't need that kind of snare. That's not my favorite kind of snare. But like, right. I get it. And also, like, not defending Saint Anger as an album because I don't care for it. But like, <laughs> w- but the thing is, like, I thought that was the thing. Is they were like, we've been doing the same kind of thing. Let's go. Let's do something different. And that I have a lot of respect for because, right. Even if I've made a choice like later on a Coma Regalia recording, like where I'm just like, you know what? Like I've been playing it too safe. I'm going to push something some way or the other. And even if I like later, I'm like, Ooh, I wish I wouldn't have did that. Like there's part of me that's still just like, but I did it. I like, I made, I made a decision and I decided to let something ride. And like, there's probably people out there that are like, that's their favorite way that, we've sounded or whatever right you know like because you know there's i mean there's there's people like that have played like in the band that are like x is my favorite recording and i'm like i won't say it because i don't 
Like, that's not my thing to, like, um, to say, like, you're wrong. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so I won't say it, but I'm thinking, like, I, wow, I, if, you know, when I think back on that, I would have done X differently or Y differently. And um, I would never, like, go back. I'm not a revisionist in that sense. Like, you're not going to, 20 years from now, there's not going to be a remaster or a remix, you know, of, like, Coma Regalia songs because, like, I'm out of ideas for other things or something, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's not to say that, like, I mean, it's, if a, if a band wants to do that, like, it's your music, like, do it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just my uh, take on it. And long, long story short, you know, that I, that I think it's cool that even if they got shit for it years later, they, they said, you know what, let's, this is a little obnoxious, let's try this. And like, right. you know, and people were like, that's obnoxious. And like, they knew, I feel like they probably knew what they were get, getting into, but I don't know the whole story with that. I think some people were happier with it than others. And I don't know, but mm-hmm. I don't, I, I also, don't know the whole lore with that. And, right. I also think it's like really cool to like, I don't know. I think like it should be more acceptable and like people shouldn't be so upset when bands put out like records that are just not great because you know, not everything someone's going to write is going to be like this incredible like record and like and and just for the record I really don't like Saint Anger like as a like a whole entire record I just really like that snare drum yeah yeah but but like I really don't like the lyrics on that record but but yeah I do think it's really cool when bands put out something bad cuz it like just kind of shows like how far they've progressed like later down the line after that record's been in the past you know yeah yeah, I appreciate that. What you know, um, like this is jumping ahead quite a bit, but like mm-hmm. you know, when we were talking about drum sounds, and you know, um, one thing I thought that was interesting is like, um, uh, like I mentioned before, I started recording. Like I don't know because y'all don't have like credits for whoever recorded the the releases or whatever, um, right? So I don't know how that's all gone down or whatever, but like. Um, you you all seem to have like a a thing where when you do the drums, you you're either triggered or you sample your drums. Like mm. like it, like do you know which one? Of, like first of all, who records the band, mm-hmm. and then do you know which one of those things it is? Um, well, so when it comes to recording, uh, uh, us three we all three live in different cities of Ohio, so. Uh, Ethan, our guitarist, lives in Kent. I live in Ashland, Ohio, which is about like an hour south. And then our vocalist lives in like the Mansfield area. And that's kind of like where we all practice. But since we live so far apart and stuff, like the way we do recording, uh, our guitarist, he, I forget what DAW he uses, but he'll record himself. And then he'll email me like the files that he's like get done. Oh, so and it's like I'll, on click and everything? Yeah. And then. I'll take it and I'll put like the bass on it or whatever. And then since like, uh, since we started, like I just haven't had drum mics. So I was just like, well, I still want to make this happen. So like I've been, I've gone through like so many different like snare sounds and it's all in the software. Unfortunately, like that's something we're going to be changing, but like the recordings that are, are up, aren't like there's just software drums. Oh. And then I'll, yeah, I'll take all of that and then I'll go, I'll drive over to our vocalist's house and then I'll track his vocals. 
Okay, because like, yeah, that's one. That's one thing that I, you know, like I thought it was really interesting. Like the, the the contrast. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> the guitars are very obviously live. Like not like as in like it's not like lined into, uh, or or if or if it is like lined into a a VST like you know, guitar sim or whatever. It's very convincing. Like, because Mm -hmm. it sounds, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of what I would like, you know, perhaps wrongly call like room sound. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, I know that like some sims, you know, like they, they'll, you know, you can move the mic placement around and stuff on the sims and, and it'll change like the room sound or whatever. But this had a really authentic, like, like it's like, it's a little less clean, right? Which is yeah. like perfect for the way the guitar sounds and everything. But then the drums are always like very crisp. And so that, that I was like, well, this is either like they're, you know, they're, they're tracking the drums and they're triggering them or they're replacing, you know, the drums with samples or whatever. Like both, mm-hmm. both things, you know, could have been possible, but also, you know, what you said. Um, so, uh, it it makes it it makes for a really interesting like combination especially you know i'm assuming that live y'all don't have a bass player yeah yeah it's just us three uh so you kind guitar, of guitar vocals drums you said you put the bass on there so like you mm-hmm. kind of i i think that you handle that really smartly in that you don't overdo it like you really just lay down like, okay, this, it seems like there's a lot of thought in that. Is that a yes or a no on that? Um, yeah, the, yeah, there's, there's a uh, thought in it just in the fact that of like, um, so Ethan, he plays, uh, it's, I think it's eight strings. And when he plays, like sometimes he'll like tap like lower notes. And if like, if it's a riff and like a slower riff where he taps lower notes, I'll just run like root notes to the lower notes to like emphasize that sound and like, kind of like bring down his end a little bit so it like just like levels out and i also like i really try to stick with like more rootish notes unless i'm just you know having fun or whatever but i try to stick like to like a basic thing just like bring it together instead of like having a very like i don't know everywhere moving bass guitar just because i want it to be more or less like what it would sound like but i also think i don't know it's just seems more necessary for like like earbuds or whatever to like have that bass there Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a line, perhaps like sometimes that you like. I know this is the way we, you know, have been off and on in Coma Regalia, which is like there's a line where you are like, oh, I don't want I don't want to show up and play the song, and there's a ton missing, like quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, like. But at the same time, you 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 realize like, you know, if you thought about it you realize that you're like, well, in this whole band's existence, like this was my revelation, in this whole band's existence, we might play for like a thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like a thousand people could listen to your songs like tomorrow if, you know, if if that, if like uh, it got shared around or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the possibility for this to get listened to, like, in someone's house is like way greater and especially when you consider like posterity 
you know, like mm-hmm. the band will eventually stop. They all do. Uh, right. And, and people will still be listening to it. So it's like that thing where you're like, well, I don't want this. I don't want this to feel like this is missing when we play live. But at the same time, I want to make the best thing because people are going to possibly listen to this 10, 20 years from now, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's really smart how you sort of like, just sort of stay in the, you know, like background and, and, um, don't, don't like, there's a lot of parts where they're just like, isn't bass as far as I can tell, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just like, and, uh, so it creates that nice, like balance, I guess. that like going from like listening to music to I want to play music and how did that happen um well so I think I don't know around like nine or ten ish like I for some like I spent like most of my time just like trying to find music and like, I think like after finding like Nirvana that was probably like like a huge thing for me because you know I, I don't know hearing like like drummers like Dave Grohl and stuff, I was like pretty enthralled. And so I was listening to stuff like that. And then, you know, I jumped around like musically, like around around the age of like 10 or 11, I was just like, I think that was like right when I figured out like, like I could find like music on like internet and not just go through like shuffles of CDs and like the radio. And so I think that's, I found like really goofy pop punk bands and stuff. And I don't know, I was just, really really into it and i found like some goofy old chipped up like rock band drumsticks somewhere and uh yeah i was just like beating around until one day my dad was like please stop hitting our floor like this is a this is a small apartment everyone can hear it like we'll get you drum lessons or something and i don't know i just started playing drums after that and yeah uh and then yeah, I played in a bunch of, like, really bad, like, quote-unquote, like, grunge bands or whatever I was trying to do. Uh, and so, like, I, I don't know. I went through a lot of phases of, like, loving certain types of music. I mean, I still love all of those, like, genres, but, like, I don't know. There was, like, a point in time where I thought I was going to be, like, like a hip-hop artist or something for a while. Like, because the, the whole band thing wasn't working out so well because I was, like, constantly, like, having like creative issues and i was like oh i could like produce on my own and like make music and so i started like that's when i like picked up like working with dolls and like softwares on my own Mm. and yeah and i started like doing production stuff and then eventually i got really burnt out on that because i was just like working on it like every day for years and then i was like okay i think it's time for the band thing again (laughs) (laughs) and then i uh found um yeah it just kind of went from that and we've all of us like uh, kind of met like I don't know it's kind of a weird way like uh, we have a shared friend his name's Steven 
uh, we met me and our guitarist met through him. And then there's this like DIY house in uh, Mansfield, Ohio called the mothership. Um, it, like a bunch of bands come in, like, you know, hold shows and stuff. And, uh, our vocalist Jake is, was friends with someone who used to live there. And we met at a, like, I think a show there or just hanging out there one day, but yeah. And so, yeah, we started that as like, you know, we weren't even sure what it was going to be. I don't think, but yeah, that's kind of where it all went. Yeah. Is, is the town that you live in like just is there uh, there's just like not a ton of folks to choose from as far as like who you would play with and stuff like that or well i i i couldn't tell you why but <laughs> at least like when i grew up around here like there was people but like i was constantly like i don't know when i was younger i think i was a lot more like like oh it's got to sound like this it's got to sound like this or whatever and like everyone was like more into like uh I don't know, like, the first band I played shows with, we were also three-piece, and we were, like, grunge or whatever, and I really wanted to, like, incorporate some form of screaming, because at the time, I was, like, really into, like, metalcore and stuff, like, like, uh, like Poison the Well and all those kind of bands, mm -hmm. and they were not into that. They wanted to do more, like, I don't know, uh, like, Radiohead stuff, like, but, like, we all kind of met at, like, this, like, Nirvana sound, and I don't know, a lot of people in, like, when I was that age, like no one really wanted to like meet up at like that certain sound. So I was just like, ah, like to hell with this. Like, I really don't want to keep doing this. And then, you know, I, with the whole hip hop thing, I like started going to different like towns to like do like little shows and stuff. And then I started meeting people who were like, were more and more into like, like the more obscure parts of like music that I liked. And I don't know, I think that's where more of it budded from, but yeah, around here for some reason it just wasn't like that at the time. I think there is a lot more people now, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, in my hometown, it's 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 wild because like there's a few people that I went to high school with, and we all like had like practice spaces in the same warehouse lot or whatever. Who mm -hmm. it's like they're like you know they're in like some like legendary bands and stuff at this point, so it's funny to say that it's like yeah there was a, there weren't there weren't many people to like play with you know there was mm -hmm. there was these kids that liked one to sound like Alice in Chains there was this one kid that worshiped Randy Rhodes you know and right it was always trying to like there you know there was a the <clears throat> like one of the only two people that you know we knew that wasn't somebody's brother was a uh, really into primus that played bass you know and and so like you so you have a band and you're like we want to sound like bad religion but you got this guy in the background like and, and right. you're just like that's the way it is like either i play with these people or i don't play you know um exactly so yeah i don't know it's it you know it's like it could be interesting like the the small town thing of course like you know, it sounds like kind of like what happened uh, with you is, is sort of where I wound up as well, which is just like, well, you don't have to be from the same place to like make music together. So that's cool. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, um, I only know one person in this city that is uh, into uh, the kind of stuff that, you know, I'd, I'd want to play. Um, right. But uh, yeah, it's it's. um it's it's wild just like you know that uh there there's like when i was 
you know, in high school and stuff that making a band with people online wasn't an option. So like, right. um, we did a lot of that, you know, we had bands that it's like, you know, I was in a band that like the half the song sounded like Black Flag, like I wrote songs that sounded yeah. like Black Flag and the other half sounded like Soul Asylum because the other guy mm-hmm. was obsessed with Soul Asylum. And uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, you made those compromises or whatever. But um, yeah, so like, you know, going back to drum lessons, were was it? What were your drum lessons like? Was it like, here's a practice pad, I'm gonna teach you rudiments, or were you like, I want to learn how to play in bloom, and you go in there and you learn how to play in bloom? Oh, it was it was a lot. Well, let's. Uh, I, I think I started in maybe like fifth or sixth grade or something, and um, uh, what was uh, the. the the guys who gave me drum lessons, they, they own like a music store around our, our town. And it used to be in a lot smaller of a space. So like when you went in, it was like a really small room. And then there was like two rooms that were like very, like slightly big kind of closets that they shoved gear into to like teach people stuff. Cause you know, they were like a, you know, brand new business or whatever. And, uh, I practiced on this like electronic kit that had mutes all over the symbols and stuff. And it was really cool, but he always like made me do rudiments too, which, uh, like you know as a kid that does it's not a lot of fun but uh after that he'd always be like okay like what music are you into right now what can i teach you or maybe because he had like this like um like file kind of cabinet thing that had uh, like just tons of like handwritten out beats of like songs that people like wanted and like like i'd be like oh, okay well i kind of like punk right now like what do you like do you have anything like that because i was like you know still figuring stuff out and he was like yeah like here's like, you know, like Ramones or like Sex Pistols or Green Day. And it was just like him, like, like hands, like, like sketched out notes and st- like beats. And I always thought it was super cool, but he'd also be like, Hey, like bring in a CD sometime. And I'll just like write out like four bars of what that drummer did. And you can like practice it at home. So like occasionally I'd bring in like, uh, like whatever I was into at the time. I can't remember. Like, uh, yeah, I can't remember right now, but just like whatever I was into at the time, and he'd just write it out in front of me, like in like ten minutes. And I always thought that was like the coolest thing ever. But that's how I got started with like the drum lessons, and then I'd go home and you know put on like my like because I had like a small like Walkman MP3 player when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I just like like illegally download a bunch of shit. Although I don't want to admit that, just like I'll just download a bunch of music and then. I'd like listen to it and that's how I'd like practice at home is just like put in like put the earbuds in and like just like drum on a couch or something. I mean, Dave Dave Grohl's doing all right. You know, you don't have to worry about like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's doing all right. You know, you didn't you didn't break the bank there. Uh he's doing all right with the whole uh rock career thing. Yeah. Um, so if you got you know, if you downloaded Nevermind in, in utero and whatnot, it's it's gonna be fine. Um but yeah, it's that's really cool. Like I, I've, you know, I've, I rarely think of drums as a, like looking at something and playing like mm-hmm. thing because I, I don't know how to read music at all. So like, um, but, but for some reason drums just always seems like the least, it seems like the most, like you just do this on feeling thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, I have been in bands where drummers would write like the actual songs out and put it on a 
thing in front of them. And uh, mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was wild. And I still don't think of, of it that way. But that's really cool that, like, somebody was just like, okay, like, instead of me, like, instead of me, like, sitting here for another hour or whatever, like, I can just give you this and you can take this and, and you know, work on that on your own. That's That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty grateful for all that because once I got to like high school, like I was in like marching band and uh, we did a, uh, I was, I played a, well, I played like bass drum for like freshman and sophomore year, but junior and senior year, I played like a, uh, like the, like tenor drums. And it's like, I, I don't know if you know what that is. I don't want to like belittle you or anything, but like, it's just like six drums, like hooked together that you wear a harness for. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, I like played that. And so I'm so glad that I did that when I did, because like learning those songs, like in marching band were a lot easier. Although there were times where I was just like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to improv this, whatever. But, uh, like it it definitely helps. I'm so I'm pretty grateful for that time period. Yeah. A demo that I, a demo for a band that I was in, in high school, the, the drummer would not rest until we let him put roto toms in one of the song so i'm like not entirely familiar with all the language from drum drum line and stuff but i know Mm -hmm. a little bit more about it than i (laughs) it's uh yeah there's straight up roto toms like yeah it does just does not fit there whatsoever but it's fine you know it's yeah they're fun to play i wish it was like there was like a like a better way to incorporate them that didn't sound so i don't know like yeah but it just does not work i think if you made a band that sound like mars volta you know you could do whatever that you know you could put rota toms in there sure yeah you know yeah you're right but like you know something more straightforward is a little little trickier right mm-hmm. yeah i think you know shouts out mars volta and like at the drive-in and stuff because i i think without at the drive-in i probably wouldn't have gotten down the road as much as i like the genres I did. Cause one of my friends showed me at the drive-in when I was in like, I don't know, like going into seventh grade or something. And that, that definitely changed a lot. Cause I was like, Oh wow. Like it's not just like, like poppy chorus and then breakdown poppy chorus. Like it's like all sorts of wild stuff. So yeah, I, I was really into at the drive-in for a long, I still love at the drive-in, but yeah. Yeah. I, I heard, so I got, in casino out when it came out like oh i used to go to this uh record store and this Mm. kid worked there and i'd go in and he would literally just like go i he would see me come in because like he came to shows at my house and stuff and Mm -hmm. he would take me out where the cds are and he would just start putting cds in my hands like a stack of cds and then we would go over and he would ring them up for like two bucks like oh wow like two hundred dollars worth of cds right and so one of them was in casino out when that came out and Mm -hmm. i was like obsessed i was like yeah holy shit this is nothing that i've ever heard is like this this is takes so many aspects of the things that i like and then puts more on it and and just you know shifts it in ways and et cetera et cetera and um like everyone that I showed that to like uh, the people that I was in playing in bands with and mm-hmm. everyone I showed that to hated it really <laughs> yes everyone was like this is fucking bullshit like this is weird this is like 
pretentious. This is like, I heard it all. Right. And I was like, you're not ready. You're just not ready for this. And then like two years later, everybody was like, at the drive-in is the best band ever. <laughs> like yeah. the exact same people. And I was like, I remember when I fucking played this for you, <laughs> you know, like you were like, and just like, I don't know, the same thing with like, with Screamo really. Like when I was playing in a band that sounded like Lifetime and I was like, I'm playing in this Screamo band now. And they're mm-hmm. like, what's, what's, and of course like it, we didn't call it Screamo because the word didn't exist for like several more years. But like, mm-hmm. and it was like, no, that's cool. I'll go see you play because, like, you know, we're friends and stuff, but I'm not into this stuff. And then later, like, one of those people, like, w- was, like, in Screamo bands. <laughs> and, you know? Right. It's like, I don't know. So, you know, people weren't ready for certain things at the time. Like, I remember the first time I heard a Screamo band. It was, like, in person. And I was, like, I was just, like, I do not know what's happening, but I know that I have to do this, like, later today I have to make a band like this Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I was just like I do not know what's happening but this is the most urgent thing I've ever heard and it's making me feel like like I it everything all the roads led to this like that's you know like I don't know I've all I've often said that I feel like Screamo is just the natural progression of punk music Mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean that there's it doesn't mean that those other bands like doesn't mean if you have a band that, that like, you know, um, like, uh, Wrong War or whatever. Like, they're a punk band, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, and it's not right. that they're not because Screamo, because I say Screamo is, like, the natural progression. It's just, like, I just feel like that's the way it was going. Because, like, how do you, like, that's what punk was, right? It was, like, it was, it was anger and frustration and it was urgency and it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was all those things. And so then, like, what is this? You know, it's that, like, dialed up. It's that, like, once once people decided that no effects was punk and, like, once they hit that that level where their guitars hardly sound like guitars anymore, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, like, what... Like, what's next? You know, of course this was next. I don't know. People can th- disagree with that if they like, but... Yeah. As far as, like, the, uh, like, showing people, like, music and they, they weren't into it at first, I, I think that's, like, I can relate to that in some way because, like, okay, the first Screamo band I heard, like, I listened... Okay, um, I was in, like, middle school or something, and I was stumbled... I stumbled on Circle Takes the Square. Oh, okay. And, uh, that's my buddy. I, <laughs> I listened, I think it was like a crater to coffin or something. And I listened to that and I was like, like, whoa, this is like awesome. And then the next day I tried to find it and it was just gone. Like I could not find it anywhere. And like, I was really into like bands that like had like the more higher pitched, like, like screaming and screeching and stuff. And I was like, always like into that. And so like, after that, I was like trying to find that sound again. And I could not find it for like years for some reason and i remember i think it was like my freshman year my friend came up to me and was like hey check this out i have some bands i think you'll like them since you're into like a little more different stuff because i was still like still into bands like after driving and stuff and like because i don't know i just couldn't find like that stuff and he showed me like um uh, somewhere at the bottom by law dispute and then he showed me uh what was it the like the one of the older pianos become the teeth record mm-hmm. and Cause I think he was just like on Tumblr or something and he like stumbled across bands like that. 
And sure. then he showed me, showed me like Touche Amore, and I was like, okay, yeah, like this is awesome. Like this is a lot closer to where I want to be with music. And uh, I was like, I still somehow like a couple of years like passed. Like I like found like Floral Green by like Title Fight and like uh, you know just like bands kind of like in that like middle ground era of like sound like uh, that weren't quite screamo, but like also weren't like the other thing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like really into those bands, and then one day. Our friend, a different friend, we used to hang out with. He came out to me. I think I was like 17 or something. He was like, "Listen, I know you like pianos become the teeth, so I know you will like this." And he sat me down and he played like uh, he played like three by I wrote haikus. He played Tiger Suit by um, I never know how to pronounce that name. I've learned yeah, like all these names by reading them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rain. And then he showed me uh, Venus and Bacchus by Stacia. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, yeah, this is definitely where I need to be." And then. He was like, yeah, like, I will show you as much as you want as I find it. And then he showed me, like, Orchid and Page 99 and Jerome Stream. And I was like, okay, like, I now that I know these names, like, I can find these bands, like, on my own. And then after that, it was just, like, a rabbit hole of, like, me, like, searching for, like, all those different bands. And, yeah, but, like, as, like, time grew, though, like, I remember when my first friend showed me a lot of Spute, we were sitting there at, like, a table like like playing some card game with our friends and like all of us had like metalcore shirts on and like he played uh one of those songs and then everyone at the table was like dude this sucks where's the breakdown turn it off and i was like no no like this is like really cool like you should play another song and yeah i think that's a huge part of how i got like into this realm of like hardcore and stuff yeah so relay a story where you were put off by something at first and a lot of people for a lot of people that band is Seisha who you mentioned mm-hmm. like a lot of people were like the first Grimo band I heard was Seisha and I was just like turn it off and I I was gonna find that particularly funny because I think that's one of the bands that y'all sound most similar to oh really in my opinion yeah we yeah yeah I, I don't that's that's like super wild to hear because we had like a small friends group over well I don't know we had like an inner circle of small friends who like really like like gravitated from some of those bands and like when that guy showed us Seisha like all of us loved it like not a single one of us like disliked it yeah so so that's really crazy to hear but I do remember like the first time I heard a band that had like no singing at all like because I always heard like screaming and singing like a post-hardcore thing or like a metalcore thing with like you know whatever but the first band I heard that where there was no singing it was like one of those songs off of the cleansing by Suicide Silence and I remember being like where's the singing like this is cool and all but (laughs) I don't know I was like really young but uh, and I was like kind of off put by that. And then I remember they showed me a couple more songs. So I was like, Oh, this is okay. So alternately my experience with like when the first time when I heard really beautiful, sad music and there was just screaming on it, I was like, that's absolutely 
what I need to be doing right there. Like, the first time when I heard, like, you know, I don't know, like, uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what, maybe the first thing I might have heard, you know, it could have been probably one of the Stacia songs or something like that, you know, but uh, the first time when I heard just, like, beautiful, sad, clean guitars and just, like, screaming over it, like, that sort of, like, the person is, like, yelling from the other room screaming i was like mm-hmm. yes that's it that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna spend the next 20 years of my life doing <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know um i think it's awesome how like you know how regardless of like you know age these these conversations that i've had like people have come in a lot of people have come in similar ways, you know, to find like mm-hmm. this type of stuff. But um, there's still a lot of like difference in in the stories and the way that people, you know, wound up uh, here and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think like what I what I really like uh, was he, was hearing, you know, is is I mean, obviously, like um, I just had a spider on me. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I lost everything. I just, I just, I just felt something on my forehead and I like pulled, I like pulled my hand away and there was like a spider on a little web, like going down my finger. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, you go over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's like, I, I heard like specifically in like, uh, sort of some of the guitars and the vocals, uh, a lot, like, uh, you know, quite a bit of like Sasha, although like mm-hmm. y'all go into like y'all stay in the more abstract, like prettier, you know, like guitar yeah. playing more. Um, and then also like one of the songs reminded me of Adobe Holmes a lot. And uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was just, I think that's just because that's what AJ likes to do all the time is, like, end the song with a bunch of people yelling and no music. Oh, like, yeah. So I think that was, like, but I was, like, this is, like, a this is like an AJ part right here for sure. Um, but I don't know how into Adobe Homes any of y'all are, but great band. Um, um, I, as far as, like, the, I know for, like, I know, like, that sound that, like, we have, like, been pretty... Like, uh, I don't know, that we've, like, kind of, like, been pretty stuck to. Like, um, I know, I think that comes from, like, our guitarist is, like, super into math rock. Mm-hmm. And he's he's always been into that stuff. And he's also, we all have, like, super different influences, too, like, as far as that goes. Like, our guitarist is, like, huge into, like, Ween and Wilco and, like, like I don't know, just random math stuff. And then he's, like, really into, like, Idols and Soul Glow. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of, like, there's, like, some bands we, like, all, like, you know, we all share that kind of, like, helps us build this, like, like the foundation like like uh our singer and me like we both love like merchant ships and like uh um you know we all love like touche more and stuff but like me and like our guitarists both like glass jaw and uh just like a bunch of that stuff but yeah like the like the the more like happier sound stuff for sure i think comes from ethan being into like different bands like math rock stuff like floral and everything Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um it's really cool and like you know like i was saying earlier um like the way that y'all record is even like um like i'm not saying like i'm not saying that like 
your music is going to fall apart if like you change how mm-hmm. you do things or anything because I think that the you know the songs are really strong and that y'all have like a good uh like working you know you seem to have a good working relationship with the way the songs come together but like um you know like the just the I'm all, I'm always like interested in how the necessities of like putting the recording together influence the way that we come to understand the band. And so like Mm -hmm. what I was talking about before, where it's like you have this very crisp drum sound because like you're, you know, programming the drums to the guitar track was already tracked. Mm -hmm. And then like it, it, it really like, it, it really like sets apart, you know, the recording in a way that like, um, was, was, you know, very like memorable to me. And I, you know, I think that's really cool. Um, when y'all play live, do you just get together? Like you have a show and then you just get together that day, run the songs, or is it more like intensive than that? Uh, it depends. Like, like for, you know, and as far as like, uh, like the songwriting goes, it's super weird too, because, uh, like sometimes very, very rarely, I think it's only been like two songs that we've like jammed something, but like, okay, there's a song we'll record it later. But, like we won't even practice the song at all until after it like we record everything. Mm-hmm. So so we'll like we'll have listened to it like hundreds of times or well that's a bit excessive but we li- we'll listen to it a bunch of times and then then we'll get together and be like okay let's do the song and like we'll have to go through it a couple times but usually since like it's already like pretty ingrained like we don't usually have to practice it a ton although sometimes we do like there's a couple songs where we've been like all right well we can see like there's a little part there that like one of us might have a hiccup, so we'll like hammer it out. But most of the time, it's usually like we'll record it and then get together and be like, "All right, let's try this." And then if it works, then we'll do it like two more times. But like if it doesn't work, we'll do it like until we get it. But yeah, we'll usually uh, just like do it that way. But like if there's a show, odds are we'll either practice the day of or like the day before because I don't know. We're all like super, like I don't know. We we all get like kind of nervous a little bit um, with stuff like that. So like we always try to be super prepared, even if like I don't know. But we've been pretty lucky in that sense of like we haven't had to like. Our, since our like writing style is so different, like like the practicing isn't like like you know you sit there with a riff or whatever and you work on it, work on it for hours. Mm-hmm. So like it's I don't know it's it's a really different process. But I'm very grateful in the fact that like we've been able to like like know each other like our chemistry like blends so like. We know when things like if if I mess up or something, like Ethan just kind of knows and like hits it right on beat one with me again or something, you know? Yeah. So when you were, you know, when you started to talk about the writing uh, process, you know, I'm curious about that as well because like uh, you said that like when it's time to record, the the track comes to you and it's like recorded. But like as far as what what happens like before that, like as far as is this like Ethan, like just sending you like little voice memos, like check this riff out and like, or how much, how much back and forth is there and, and what kind of like, you know, process is that to where you're deciding like what, you know, what stuff ends up, you know, getting to the recording part? Um, yeah. Uh, so we have, a we have like a group chat thing and then, uh, Sometimes Ethan will like send out an email and be like, "Hey, I came up with this idea. Do you guys like it? Should we use it for this? Should I use it for something else?" Or, 
you know, whatever, what do you think about it? And then sometimes he'll send like, like a Snapchat out or like send it like a little voice thing into our like group chat and be like, Hey, like, do you like any part of this? And then, uh, then we'll say yes or no. Uh, and usually it's yes. Cause you know, we're all like pretty like, uh, on the same page about how we want the songs to sound usually. So like, there's like, I don't think I've maybe like once or twice I've heard someone say like, no, but usually it's like, yeah, that's awesome. And then we'll just move from there and then he'll send it to me. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much like that. I think there's like, like we have a song on our second EP, uh, called like gas station coffee. That song was written because I was like, Hey, what if we do like a, like a back and forth kind of blast song, which like, it didn't like come out like how I heard it in my head, but it came out like better than what I heard in my head. So like, that was like one of the few times where it was like, I, we saw the riff in person and then made the song. But like, as far as everything else goes, it's usually just like a, like an audio clip or something. And then like, we'll move from there. And then, you know, J Jake will hear like the thing and he kind of like, has an idea of something maybe and he writes it like over there and then I get it and then I do everything and send it to Jake and then Jake will be like, okay, give me a few days and then I'll go to him. So yeah, it's usually he'll just send out like a clip or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's like, I mean, we're, we're super like lucky to, you know, be in a, live in a time where it's like, you can just, I mean, you could do that with people like in the same state or you could do that with people mm -hmm. in a different country. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've kind of only done the different state, different country thing, but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, so like, you know, for whatever reason, I, when I saw that y'all had like, you know, four EPs or, or, you know, well, I, maybe one of them was just kind of like a single, but, um, mm -hmm. like I thought that y'all had been around for a little bit longer, but it's just barely over a year for y'all. Um, yeah. what are like, what are y'all's plans like for, you know, the next year or so just like keep writing like EPs or are you working on some, something longer or. I, I think like, uh, so like, yeah, you, uh, we like put out that the first EP in like the summertime and then the second one came out like the latest part of December, and then, like, the third one we did, like, I think, like, a month or two, like, maybe two ago. And then, yeah, then we put out, like, a split or whatever with our friend who uh, lives in Texas called So Long Partner. They're super awesome. Um, uh, but I think the reason the second EP and the first EP were, like, kind of pretty quick to – and even the third one is just because, like, we were writing music and we were like, oh, this is so much better than the last one. We, let, let's just, you know, get that out and then, like, let's move on. And that, that kind of happened twice. Like with uh, the I Tore My Heart Out EP and then the Wings and the Arteries that reached them, they, 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 we were writing them and we were like, yo, this is a lot better than what we were doing. So maybe we just put it out because it was also like one of those songs where we were like, okay, we don't want these songs on like an official full release thing that we want to like promote at a, like a heavier, like, or like a more, um, I don't know. I don't want to say professional because we, you know, we're not like very professional people or whatever. But like, a more of like a higher scale promotion. You know, like we want, we just want these out so we can play them. People can hear them. People will know that. And so, like, they just kind of came out kind of pretty fluently on their own. But um, the next couple, the next year or whatever, we do have like a lot because going on, like we have a uh, as far as shows go, like um, we we've been trying to do more shows on these releases because we don't want to like, you know, just keep pushing out music and music and music. Cause like, you know, eventually it's like, okay, you have all these, this music out, but like you, no one's ever heard it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so we were planning on like, um, we have a couple more shows this month. And then in the beginning of July, we go to Rhode Island 
for a couple of days with our friends and uh, and they and a band called Catalyst. And they they it's with a uh, one way mirror Catalyst and a couple other bands on each bill. And then after that, uh, we get back and I think we're gonna start working on the actual like full like middling release like full record or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and we're going to be working on that and like a bunch of stuff with that throughout time and then in october and august or even i think september too actually we have like a run of shows throughout there i don't really know uh i can't remember the dates off the top of my head or anything but there is like a long run of shows in october i can say that for sure with our friends uh we have uh there's a you know, whatever you want to call it, like Screamo or whatever, band in Columbus called Pickpocket we're really good friends with. They do, like, I don't know, like, Indian Summer, like, City of Caterpillar kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're good friends with them. We're doing a run of shows with them. But, yeah, we're doing a lot of shows, and we have some other, like, uh, stuff that isn't the full length that I think is coming out, but I, I, I don't really know if they want me to talk about that or not. But there is stuff coming out, musically, shows, and, uh, yeah, there's probably going to be more merch too. Cause you know, we don't really like going to these shows without like any merch, especially if it's out of state, like, you know, we try to do something, you know, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, we have a lot of that going on. Uh, yeah. And I think just, I don't know. I think that's about it. Just like new music, new shows, new, whatever artsy stuff we decide to do. We've been getting a lot more into like the video stuff, like, uh, I think we eventually probably want to do like some goofy like uh like video thing but um I don't know I don't I don't know why like I don't know if you've ever noticed but like a lot of bands in this side of hardcore you know like Screamo or whatever like you know, you don't usually see like a whole lot of like music video stuff like yeah it's I mean I don't I don't know like it, in my case it's like it costs money mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have money <laughs> so like <laughs> That's. I started to do a video for a song that's going to be released like on a split with Snag. Um, I started to do a video. It was, a, it was an animated video, and I, I drew. Um, I was drawing this this scene, and um, and this scene is got to be like uh, about seventeen seconds long, you know, mm-hmm. and and. You know, no spoilers, but it's like it's kind of just like someone like walking and doing something, and so um, I can use a lot of the same um, parts of of a drawing, and I can just alter it. So like I, so like in my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, this scene is going to be really easy because I don't have to start from scratch on every drawing. Like mm-hmm. I just have to move the position of the hand, or I just have to move like this or that or the other thing right and um i worked on this for like uh i worked on it for like six or seven hours one day and i was like okay play like i'm like hit play on the thing and it was two seconds of the- oh <laughs> yeah it was two seconds of of uh of the animation and i was like oh Oh, yeah. So at that rate, I got, uh, you know, like the song's like a minute and 40 seconds or something. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I got uh, 70 times six more hours to go. You know, I got like uh, 
500 hours to put into this thing. Right. Um, I don't know if there's an easier way to do some of this stuff. I, I, uh, I tried to watch a bunch of videos like about animation, like while I was like, um, like while I was doing it, you know? And, uh, I don't know if I just don't know how to search correctly or in the mm-hmm. exact right way. Cause it was just like, all I was finding was just like, very cool and helpful stuff, but it wasn't like addressing some of the problems that I was like trying to figure out. Like, yeah, I get that entirely. Especially yeah. like, I'll like look up like YouTube stuff to like help me with like certain stuff on a doll, and like they will answer every question besides the one I needed answered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah, or it's just like, you know, is it, or it's just like sometimes like in that instance, like you're like, okay, like I want to know how to do X with like a vocal file, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, so you're like, okay, ser- search like compression vocals or like reverb vocals or just like whatever sort of more specific thing that you're trying to find, right? And mm-hmm. like, and the videos that you get to and they're mixing like a country song. Yeah. And you're like, look, I know that in theory, this is like, you know, this is, this is the same or whatever but you're like but it's but it's not because like you know every besides besides the fact that every good engineer is going to tell you like not to just like take all these things as fact anyway so Mm -hmm. like you're 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 coming to something and they're basically like but trust your own ears (laughs) right you're like not you're not like listen you're like what they're mixing is not anything like what you're mixing and you're like i could try these things but it's not the same yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. it's i feel like in the last like couple years there's definitely a lot more channels and stuff where you can find stuff like where they're mixing vocals that are screaming and stuff so like Mm -hmm. that's that's cool because like when i first started doing this it was like not at all but now there's like uh what like what like pyramid or something like there's one of those mm-hmm. ones where like yeah the guy the guy does a lot of uh really heavy stuff with like screaming and stuff so that's cool but mm-hmm. other than that it was like you know or if you're just like if you're just like oh yeah how like how do i do this like how do i make the kit sound like this or whatever and then you the and you're going to uh, wind up like watching somebody mix a hip hop song, which is like, right. to me, that made, that was closer to me, in my opinion, than like country or whatever. Like when right. I watch somebody mix a hip hop song, their decisions made more sense and were more applicable to what I was doing than like country or pop or whatever. Yeah, you know, I I don't know why I always found that to be the case, but but it was, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's that's another one of those things. Like you know, wild like to be uh, alive right now and have the resources and the the things. I mean, I don't know. I made I made a video for a song on iMovie mm-hmm. once just because I was like. Everybody else on this split is making a video, so we should make a video. And I was like, I don't have any money, you know? Like, mm-hmm. 
like uh so uh i made one i just like took an ipad and like you know just in the dark i just like um recorded some um footage and i made a video and i'm i movie i never did it before i just did it i was like that's so cool like i did that like i i know it's yeah. not what i it's not what i would have hoped it would be but i did that right and somebody's mm-hmm. like comments on it i can't believe you thought this was okay to post <laughs> oh. and i was like yeah i you know i guess i asked for that i mean it's like it's youtube right like it, you like even even if this person like never made a video in their life like they would say something like that, you know? But like Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll make maybe I'll just try to make one that's even worse. And just like, you know. But I don't know. I think like a lot of the coolest stuff like comes from like people with like like the least amount of like uh access to stuff. Like I don't know. I always thought that way. Like if so I think if someone like you know, you ever hear that theory where it's like a good guitarist like like will take a crappy guitar and make a great song or whatever. I always think like that's how it is like with art and like the least amount of stuff you can use. I don't know. Yeah, it's real tricky because, like, so for example, you know, I I, I think about um, I think about this video by this band uh, by this band called Housewife all the time, and it's mm-hmm. this video where somebody is just uh, it's like that show that was just on net Netflix, like like uh, what was it called? Like eight eight something. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. It, it was a show where this this uh, this guy was like archiving like these these VHS tapes for this like yeah. millionaire guy, and so this video is like that. It's like somebody with the white gloves, and they're taking these VHS tapes apart, and they're cleaning them, and they're unspooling the tape, and they're doing all this stuff. That's the entire video, and you're like, oh. you could do that. Like you could do that with your iPad. You could put that video together, and it's like. I think that touches on what you were saying, which is like mm-hmm. with the with the the right idea like and understanding the limitations of what you're working with like and going forward knowing those limitations and how can you make this how can you make this idea fit the limitations then like absolutely you know, and I mean mm-hmm. that video is obviously not a low budget thing. Like that's obviously because you know you could tell the cameras are really nice and et cetera, right. et cetera. But I'm just saying you could have done that video. Like you could have done your version of that, like with your iPad, you know, or whatever, right. you know, or your phone, you know. But like, yeah, like that's. I don't know. I I I approach like drawing in that way a lot of the times too like when i when i see like a big scene in my head and i'm like i'm not there yet like i'm Mm -hmm. not drawing like i'm not drawing this huge scene how can i make it seem huge like by perhaps like just closing in on the right thing or or you know like how can i make this seem bigger and i don't know you know like maybe i maybe i'll figure that out as far as you know um as far as like videos because i'm definitely supposed to be making a video for something i don't (laughs) but yeah um, i try to 
I try to do like like I have a solo project called uh, I Wish I Was Raining, and I try to do like like stuff like that too. I'm still trying to like like understand and get better at like the whole like uh, video thing too. That that stuff's a lot harder, I think. I don't know, but like I'll just try to like take like like goofy footage of like. Like if I'm like walking late at night to like a gas station or something and I see like a creek flowing, I'll try to like catch that with my phone or like like if it's raining, I'll try to catch that and then try to like overdub like lyrics or something or like I don't know. I've always thought like super weird stuff like that is like super cool. Like especially if it's like done like at home. I don't know. I'm like so drawn to stuff like that. Like I'd rather see like I don't know how to put this. I'd rather see like you like like handmaids like like uh, that was too many likes. <laughs> um, like vinyl wrapping, like or like like with stamps on it or something. Then like saran wrap, like perfect, put out like uh, records. You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. No, I do. I mean, I'm like the, you know, I'm the post poster child for that. You know, like mm-hmm. like all of my stuff. And then like, and then you know, we'll we'll come to a point where somebody's like. Like with Marked, we didn't plan on releasing that on vinyl, and people were like, let us release it on vinyl. And mm-hmm. so since it was not planned for that, and since it had to, everything had to come together fast, and I can't make plans to do some extravagant thing, I was like, okay, so that's the one that ended up with like a standard jacket and a standard insert, et cetera, et cetera. And, right. and it also sold the best. And I'm mm-hmm. like... It's very dis it's very dis uh disheartening because you're like I like Val Felgo, like I that has like that has like um it has like a comic in it, it has like the lyric sheet, I did these like pop ups, it has like three it has like three color screen print, like it's like the card the Covers are like inside out, like recycled old covers. Like mm-hmm. I like put so much time and work and energy into that. And like, I think people see that and they're like, this is like subpar quote unquote product. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been told like, yeah, we won't carry that in our shop. Like, you know what oh. I'm saying? And And you're like, you know, I don't know. It's like I really fuck with that under glass lyric, like watch everything you love become a product. Because like right. it's just like if it's not and like I mean I'm I'm like I'm absolutely trying to like build a career, like uh, be a cartoonist, you know? So like I'm not saying like from a like don't don't try to whatever, like make a career out of like something you love you know or or mm-hmm. art even but um like it's just like pe- people's different ideas of what is like of what is like worth like buying or having or owning or you know what i mean like it's just mm-hmm. like i i think that valfago marked like i think they're I think that each record is, I don't think either record is better than the other in any way, shape or form, you know, like, yeah. And since it's all said and done, like I wouldn't, I don't have, I don't, I didn't, I don't have a, like, if I, 
if it weren't the case, then I would have done this with marked or whatever. Like I don't have like mm-hmm. a, Oh, I wish I would have had time to do this wild screen print or it is because it just is what it is. Right. Like that's right. I don't let myself like, I don't know. You know, if, if something happened later, if the covers all got ruined or whatever, and then I got a repackage, like the ones I have left, then, you know, who knows? But it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that always disappointed me because like, yeah, where did this all come from? This came from like, you know, like I've got that book where it's like the DIY like book or whatever, where it's like, it shows like it's got the Indian summer cover in it and it's got, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like all about like stuff being, you know, stapled together and like actual like people's like family photographs getting glued to like plain pieces of paper and that's the seven inch cover, you know, right stuff like that. Like that's where it came from, you know? So like, I don't get like that thing where it's like, you know, like, nah, it's gotta be shrink wrap and it's gotta be whatever. Like, yeah, that's what you want to do more power to you. But like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't elicit an, uh, an immediate, um, like value to me or like a, uh, an indic it's not an indicator of quality, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you, you know, speaking, this is a little off topic, but speaking of like records and everything, uh, me and a couple of my friends, uh, I don't know, like a month ago or so, uh, went, went out to like Columbus for like one of these local hardcore shows. And we stopped at, a one of our, um, you know, one of the local record stores. And I actually found one of the Coma Regalia splits there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was super excited. I was like, wow. Like I never really catch like this sort of like stuff around here, but that's super cool. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like I, you know, like there's, there's, there's just like weird, like there's, there's a lathe cut that we did. And mm-hmm. I was told that there was like, Less than 10 of these made, period, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no pictures of it online or anything. There's no, like, you know, I think somebody messaged me at some point because I think they wanted to make something about it for Discogs, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I've got one. I don't even know where it is, you know. I don't. I mean, I don't know, you know. Like, I got a lot of stuff to do. I Like, if I go looking for this, it's going to wind up two hours later. Um, right. But, um... Like, one day somebody, like my friend Arwith from the band um, Piri Riss, like, mm-hmm. he messages me and he's like, I just found this in a shop in Kuala Lumpur. And, like, it's one of those lathes that there's supposedly Aww. less than 10 of in the world. And he just picked one up at this shop in Malaysia. And I'm like... That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how did that happen? But, I mean... I don't know. That's, that's, that's screamo. That's DIY, you know, like, it's just like, I don't know. You never know. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing stories like that. Like I've even heard, uh, I was just listening, uh, cause I listened to some other podcasts too. Like, uh, like, uh, have you ever listened to like, uh, Jeremy Bohm's podcast? Uh, oh yeah. From Touche? Yeah. Here and there. Like when it's somebody I, you know, like I, I know, or like I, you know, I, I'm like, right. Interested. Yeah, a lot of the people I'm like I don't know that band, you know, but like Yeah. Yeah. He he uh he was talking about how uh I think it was uh Touche had like there's like some pressing of some record 
like they like put out a certain amount of colors and a couple of them uh, like because of there was different colors a couple of them have like a blend of like colors that make like a un- unique color or whatever and they like have no- like i guess there's only like like maybe a couple of each of those weird colors and like they have no idea what they like look like or where they are but occasionally they'll get someone on the internet like send them a picture and be like oh look at this and they'll be like wow we didn't know that existed and i always think that's so cool yeah yeah for sure for sure i i mean i don't know it's it's wild like everybody can be like so connected you know and like at mm-hmm. the same time like you you never know like where this is you know going to turn up where where somebody's going to be like where you're, where you're just gonna hear like, oh, like, you know, that four song EP that you did like during the worst time of your life like helped helped me out during the worst my mm-hmm. time of my life or whatever you know all these things where you're connected like that but um yeah we really did get uh, on a tangent there but uh, we were like sort of like wrapping it up anyway um, mm-hmm. you know so folks have got like a a re- another release or so possibly uh you know you said you did couldn't really say um before like y'all start working on an lp and then there's sounds like there's a ton of shows coming out this summer um, oh yeah is there anything else that uh we should you know chat about before we take off here um i don't know i i guess i'd say like if anyone's listening like check out pickpocket from columbus they're awesome they're good friends of ours um uh yeah, but uh, we're just really excited to keep doing what we're doing. And I also just wanted to say, like, thank you for like everything you've done for the genre. You know, there's so much cool stuff that you've done, and I appreciate all of it. And that was my conversation with Tim Braden. Thanks so much, Tim, for taking the time to chat with me. Also, thanks to all of y'all for listening. By the way, did you check out that new felony for existing yet? Well, if you haven't, head over to middlemanrecords.bandcamp.com and give that a whirl. Until next time, take care and do good things. 